Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to a new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. I'm your host, Jerry McCarthy, and you can follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter accounts at jermccarthy 74 This week's guests include Cork Senior Camogie Star and All-Star nominee Amy O'Connor. We'll also hear from the newly crowned Cork Senior Camogie Champion Shandoon, as well as Echo columnist Linda Mellerick. Cork City and Republic of Ireland Under-17 International Heidi Mackin speaks to us about her recent international trips to Portugal and Norway. Dolphin Rugby Club Women's Senior Manager Sarka Healy joins us to tell us all about the new positive initiatives at our club. And finally, Moore Abbey Captain Breed O'Sullivan and Bride Rovers Captain Eleanor O'Hearn join us on the Big Red Bench to preview the Cork Ladies Senior Football Semi-Finals. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. This year's Camogie Association All-Stars team will be announced at a gala banquet at the Osprey Hotel in Nace, County Kildare, on Friday, November 26th. Amy O'Connor is one of 10 Cork players nominated, and I caught up with the inter-county senior forward just prior to her county final appearance with Shandoon against Inascara last weekend. Amy talked Camogie, losing this year's All-Ireland final, Paddy Murray's exit, and camper vans. It is a real thrill to be joined now by All-Star Senior Camogie nominee, Amy O'Connor from the Cork Senior Camogie team. Amy, congratulations on the nomination. Thanks, William. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Welcome back to the Big Red Bench. Um, always a pleasure to speak to you. This is, we think, your sixth nomination as an All-Star. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's nice to get a nomination, right? Um, I would always say, though, if you have a clear conscience and you know yourself, even if you're not nominated, like we have a couple of girls that weren't nominated that probably, um, were probably a bit hard done by but if you know yourself that you, you can kind of have a clear concept at the end of the year that you gave everything and you did your very best then I think that, that's enough. That's very well said. Now, from your point of view, uh, just personally, you're in on the full forward line and the other nominations, just to show how, just to show the quality and the depth of player for the All-Star nominations this year, you're in with Siobhan McGrath and Ailish O'Reilly and Orla McGrath from Galway, Niamh Mallon from Down and Katrina Mackey, your, your teammate from Cork, as well as Caught Devan from Tipperary. Um, if you do win, you're going to deserve it. But as you just said, the fact that you're nominated in your own, that quality of player over the past 12 months, it's an in, it's an endorsement really, Amy, of what you've achieved um, in a Cork jersey to be nominated for an All-Star. Yeah, it's a lovely, it's a lovely thing to be nominated for an All Star, you know, for your family and your club and stuff. And when you list out players like that, you're nominated alongside um, extremely talented girls like that. Then it is a huge achievement, all right. What is the night out like itself? I mean, it does. There seems to be quite a lot of, you know, it's an extravaganza. It's like a ball, and like everybody's dressed up to the nines, which is lovely. It's an opportunity to bring, you know, friends and family as well. But in terms of the actual event itself, do you ever get a chance to talk to the other players from the different counties, or are you just too busy enjoying yourselves? Yeah, I suppose you would get a chance to talk to a couple of people from from different counties. And um, a couple of years ago, we got to go on the All Star trip to New York, so it was nice to kind of. You know, get to know players from other counties, and um, but I suppose on the night you kind of with your own family there usually, and you know, um, if you win, it's a great celebration, and um, you know, for your family, for your club, and um, so yeah, so you just kind of spend the night enjoying yourself really. Well, that's good to hear. You'll get that much anyway. Look, fingers crossed anyway. Everybody in the Big Red Bench hopes that you get that nom- <laughs> not just the nomination, but a second All Star. I think it's fully deserved. Before we move on um, from Intercounty, we have to go back, unfortunately, and talk about Cork's All-Ireland final loss to Galway this year. I know how devastating it was because I was there and I could see your faces on the pitch afterwards and just all that effort and everything that had gone into what was a fantastic year up to that point, I think. From your own personal point of view, 
how easy is it to get over an All Ireland final defeat like that, or have you been able to get over? It? No, it's not very easy to be honest. Um, I suppose you know when you win an All Ireland, you kind of go back to your club and you're on a high, and you, the adrenaline gets you through the club championship. When you lose, it's very very difficult to go back. You know, um, and especially because it's such a good year, probably my most enjoyable year with Cork so far. Um, you know, really enjoyed everything about it, and we were so well prepared going into the final. So it is very difficult, and I'd be lying if I said I, I have gotten over it. I don't think anyone will get over it. Um, you know, get over a lot. But it was only put things into perspective on the day when I was crying on the pitch in Crow Park. You know, some mother was in Temple Street losing her child. You know, so when you put it into perspective like that, you kind of uh, cock yourself on and realise that. While it is probably our whole lives, it's not to be all and end all. Why was this year the most enjoyable compared to other years? Um, I don't know what it was, really, to be honest. I think we had a really good group of people involved, you know, from management to, to players. And we were, like, to be honest, we've always had very good people involved. But I don't know what it was this year. It was just extremely enjoyable. And, and as I said, like, we were so well prepared um, for everything. And, you know, we couldn't have done any more, I don't think. So uh, there was huge credit due to, to management and players for that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely probably my most enjoyable year with Cork so far. You mentioned management there. Paddy Murray is stepping away after a decade in the role at senior management. Um, he had a fantastic backroom team with him this year and a very good, talented squad of players, as you've alluded to. Can you give me just can you, can you give me a perspective on just how important Paddy has been at inter county level as a manager, first of all, and and his influence on you? Yeah, Jesus, I couldn't have a bad word to say about Paddy Murray and um, what he has done for Cork Mowie and just Camogie in general has been nothing short of phenomenal. He has been unbelievable for the last ten years, um, you know, and what he has what he has done for us all, you know, both on and off pitch. Like if anything ever happened, you know, Paddy Murray seems like a very tough guy, and he probably is. But if you ever needed anything, you know that he would do anything for you. And any of the players that um, have gone before me, I'm sure w- would agree with that. Um, I've always been a huge Paddy Murray fan, and I suppose he gave me my opportunity first day, um, you know, by bringing me onto the panel as a young minor. And then um, he gave me the greatest honour ever to, to be the captain last year. So I'll be forever thankful to Paddy for that. And, and as I said, what he has done to, uh, for Camogie has been nothing short of phenomenal. And as a result of Paddy Murray, I think the game has gone through the roof. You know, other counties had to, you know, almost cast themselves on and, and kind of push the boundaries in their own counties as well. So I think Paddy Murray can take a lot of credit for that. Very well said. Um was this inter-county season the most physical that you've encountered, Amy? Because there's a clutch of counties up near the top there. I don't think we're stretching the point to say Cork, Kilkenny, Tipperary and Galway seem to be the four leading counties in senior level at the moment. But the physicality of it this year and the way the ref- the games were refereed, sometimes they were left, you know, there was a lot more physicality depending on the referee. Did you did you feel that way or has it has it been that way as physical over the past couple of seasons? Yeah, definitely. I think your point there, it depends on the referee, um, 100%. You know, some referees, as all the rules are open to interpretation, some referees would leave certain things go. Uh, we definitely felt physicality, especially in the semi-final and the final. You know, Kilkenny and Galway are two very, very physical teams. And it's probably an area where we need to improve in Cork. You know, we're all slight, small girls, barely odd one or two. And in comparison to Galway and Kilkenny, who probably have been on the road that bit longer, especially Galway, you know, they're bigger girls. They're stronger girls, um, so definitely an area that I think we can identify where we can improve going forward. You know, maybe get into the gym, put on a bit of muscle, um, just so that we can compete at that that high level with them in terms of intensity. 
I get the impression from the manner in which you're speaking and previous interviews I've conducted for, for the Big Red Bench with Saoirse McCarthy and recently with Libby Coppinger that you want to get back out on the pitch as soon as possible. There's a real itch in that Cork senior dressing room at the moment to go back again and get back to another All-Ireland final. I know there'll be a new manager in place. We don't know who that is just yet. But from the player's perspective, it sounds like there's a real, I mean, there would be determination anyway. But there's a real itch now to get going again. Yeah, we're definitely itching to get going. I'd say if you asked us to go back training on the Monday after the All-Ireland, we nearly would have agreed to it. And, you know, I suppose we're, we're lucky that we were part of teams for the last 10 years with body that were kind of used to winning. And when you don't lose, you're kind of immediately wondering, why, what can I do to improve? And I suppose that's probably our thinking as well. We want to get back onto the pitch to improve where we need to improve so that we can, you know, hopefully go one step further but yeah definitely there's an itch in the restroom to get back training as soon as we possibly can um, I'm sure people will enjoy the break a couple of weeks after the club championship but um, I'm sure everyone will be raring to go um, once the new manager is put in place and uh, and once we can go back training Nice segue into the club championships there Amy for me uh, as, we condu- <laughs> as we conduct this interview Shandun are about the Shandun division who you represent and represent so well are making their first senior camogie final appearance in 27 years. And that statistic comes from the brilliant Tracer Callan from the Examiner. Um, what does it mean to you to represent the division? I know how important your club is to you. We've spoken about that before. But the Shandoon division, how important is it that the Shandoon division is competing in the senior club camogie championships? And how much how important is it to you um, that you do well in it? I think like, it gives people the opportunity to play at a, a higher level, you know, people playing junior um, with their clubs and intermediate um, and I think we're lucky that the calibre of player that is available to us as a result of the clubs that are still in intermediate and still at junior level um, you know you have the likes of Blackrock there who have some extremely talented players and, and they only kind of push Shandun to be better um, and, and they're going to be playing with Shandun again next year um, because they're out of the, the intermediate which is obviously very disappointing for them but it is a positive for, for Shandun um, you know to have the likes of Caitlin Hickey, Haley Ryan, Michelle Murphy um, and Roisin Defrisa and a couple more to be available to play um, with Shandoon. So yeah, like it, it is it, it is great that it gives people the opportunity to, to play at that higher level if they haven't been exposed to that before or probably won't get the opportunity to do that with their own clubs. Uh, and a very good point about that. But unfortunately, Amy, the demands on players at club and divisional level, and it's not just Shandoon, it's any division that plays in GA, ladies football or, or Camogie, are so intense at the moment because there's so much going on. There's so many championships on the go that the semi-final victory that you, you got a fantastic victory over Sarsfield, the Black Rock girls had to play a championship match that morning. So, I mean, there's no there's no answer to this. So I'm not going to put you on the spot. But how difficult is it for players in that position to represent, when you're representing your division, the extra demands that are being put on club players now? And is it concerning too? stories because my own club was out the following day then and um, you know we were in our quarter final the following day and um obviously the black Rock girls had played on that day and um, so it is very difficult and um, i suppose the fixtures were a bit condensed this year and um, but the county board made that clear from from the get-go as far as i'm aware that these are the dates and these are the dates that people need to be available and um, so i think everyone kind of knew that it was going to be this way this year um, and, and maybe it will be this way going forward. And it is very difficult to, you know, go out in the morning and represent your club and then have to go out and represent your division. And I'm sure nobody would have blamed 
um, any of the, the girls if they had said, look, I'm not going to play or whatever. Um, but it, it definitely does make it a bit more difficult. And I'm sure that, yes, we're all in, in the, the senior couch final on Sunday. And it's probably something that some people will never get the, the opportunity to do with their own clubs. But I know for certain that the entire panel would probably substitute it to be, be it in a junior B county final with their club, a junior A county final with their club or an intermediate county final with their club. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. Listen, before we go, I can't let you go without asking you about the camper van. Because <laughs> during lockdown, you and your boyfriend, Danny, uh, decided you had purchased it previously, but you decided to go off on your travels. And I, I should put a caveat in here. This is because you're able to work remotely. So you were able to do that. <laughs> First of all, you're obviously still together, which is great news, I assume, or this is a really awkward question. But what was that experience like? Because I think it's a brilliant idea. But what was the experience like and hope? And is it something you plan, you plan to do again? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I suppose Danny had my head dressed for about 10 years to, to get a camper van. Uh, it was never really something that I wanted to do too much of, not until I retired anyway. Um, and when I say retire, I mean when I was about 65. <laughs> um, so he was mad to get one and during the lockdown we were just you know he's mad to get one he has to be 25 to, to be able to drive one so we have to wait until he turned 25 um, <laughs> to get it insured or whatever and yeah we just went away in the lockdown I'm lucky I work with work Vivo so kind of a work from anywhere approach and we were able to, to go off Danny's a student in college studying to be a teacher so he was off for the majority of the summer um, or all of the summer and we were just able to, to go off so we actually sold our camper van and we're getting a new one shortly so um, we'll be back on the road again um, and yeah it's something that we definitely enjoy uh, you know it's a great way to switch off um, so, so yeah so that's a <laughs> it's an absolutely brilliant idea and I think more people if they were able to get their hands on a camper van might, might be willing to do it can I ask you one question I have to ask this question like it, it all sounds very nice and very you know you and the two of you together in a camper van going all over the place but maybe you know with couples when times are a little tense at least in a house or if you're living in different houses you can retire to those there doesn't sound like there was much room in the camper van you know to go to one end of the camper van or to the other I'm thinking of that Father Ted episode now but I assume you got over all those uh, those slight hitches <laughs> we did definitely yeah we got over and our like, to be honest our camper van was grand and big plenty of room so there's no fear of that <laughs> but yeah we definitely got over all of that and looking forward now to getting our new camper van hopefully soon enough brilliant and I'm looking forward to interviewing you again down the road pardon the pun where we can talk about that new camper van we might even get Danny on actually that might be an idea listen <laughs> Amy O'Connor <laughs> as always it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you here uh, on the big red bench fingers crossed for you with the all-star nomination you deserve it hopefully you'll get it but even if you don't um, it's been a disappointment disappointing end to the year but hopefully a positive one for your division and your clubs thank you for taking the time to talk to us on the on the big red bench Thanks, Melinda. See you The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Shandoon claimed the 2021 SE Systems Cork Senior Camogie title following a 2-11-0-13 victory over Inescara at Castle Road last weekend. I got the immediate and emotional aftermatch reaction from Shandoon's captain Lauren Homan, goalkeeper Amy Lee and manager Trevor Coleman. Winning county champion from Shandoon, Lauren Homan. Congratulations, absolutely brilliant victory for you. Thanks a million, Gerald. We're over the moon. I can hardly even catch my breath. Um, oh, I am speechless. Okay. It was some game and um, those two goals from Amy O'Connor and a couple of saves from Amy Lee, but a real team effort. Exactly, team effort I says, but the goals from Amy O'Connor are unbelievable. 
building on a summer in the line in the end. Uh, credit to her, credit to every single player on that team, including the subs and the girls on the line. Unbelievable feeling. What about Inescar? You know them well. What a challenge they posed to you today, and they were right there near the end. That was the hardest game I've definitely played all season. The girls literally didn't give us an inch. Every single ball they made difficult for us, and we're just so lucky to get over that line. They were unbelievable stable down to Inescar as well. I can see this means a huge amount to you, and it means a huge amount to the players representing Shandun. But what a, what a day for Shandun Division. Exactly, it's the first time winning it. Um, getting emotional now, but it's just unbelievable to be the first girls to win it, and especially to captain the group. I'm actually just so lucky and honoured to be able to collect the cup now on their path. Amy, congratulations. Amy Lee, goalkeeper. Two, uh, a couple of fantastic saves. So that penalty save right near the end was a big, big moment for you. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Any penalty safe, to be honest, is what, since the rules change, it's one on one. Uh, you would think it's easier to score them nowadays, but Jesus, there's pressure on the player taking it and the goalie, and just to save it there and for the backs to come in and clear the ball, absolutely fantastic. Give us a small boost there, keep us going for the last five minutes of the game. I'm glad you mentioned that because you went up the other end of the pitch a few minutes later and took a penalty. Now, were you told to put it over the bar or did you not hear that? I'm going to say just for the purposes of this, I did not hear it. Um, uh, yeah, look. I, I have confidence in my penalty taking to be honest um, we'd be practicing them all the time with Cork Mogey and stuff we have a few of us that would go up after train and practice them and I, to be honest I thought I caught her but she made a good save to be fair to her and I, I was so I put it over the bear <laughs> and what a day for you what, what a day for Shandun Komogi what does this mean for Shandun Komogi oh it's, it's unbelievable I don't think people realise like so, some of us will never play senior championship ever none of them will play like any Cork games or anything like and just for the city divisions that all of Shandun that have no senior team it's just unbelievable the buzz they get like like we've had girls crying for a divisional team like that obviously just says it all that it meant the world to everyone fantastic congratulations Shandun are senior county camogie champions it was a nice ring to me Joe, it's absolutely unbelievable as I said to you the last day what these girls have put their bodies through and put themselves through for the division and they got exactly what they deserved I tell you now they're an absolute credit to their clubs and an absolute credit to the division and most of all they're an absolute credit to camogie what they've been asked to do the last couple of weeks and they've gone over and above and never once complained they should be seriously looked at for admiration and inspiration to be honest Talk to me about the opposition I know what respect you have for Niscari we talked about it in the lead in on the big red bench to the county final but they, they really showed up today and put you, pinged you, pushed you all the way uh, To be honest Joe I, I was glad all the talk was about Niscari coming into the game Okay, but all the talk was there about their Aileen Sheehan their Joanne Casey uh, and did three scorers most of the games I was absolutely delighted because going back to the last couple of games and no disrespect to Niscari our goals have been putting up massive scores and individually and collectively the last couple of days we are the last couple of games we had seven scorers eight scorers and nine scorers plus phenomenal scoring to be honest and look if I call a spade a spade I had my issues with or my doubts on the back line but by God they stood up and they answered me today head and shoulders every single one of them to be fair stood up and were counted for in the back line just finally what does it mean what does it mean for you what does it mean for Shandun though more importantly for Camogie and Shandun I, I, I think Joe it's absolutely massive for the division me personally 
I've been involved in Camogie all my life. I've won the Junior B, Junior A county. I've added a senior county to it now. Look, I, any man out there, and especially now coming down the line to Cockig, I'd be applying, uh, not me personally, but just great credit due to the girls in Cock for the Camogie they play. And especially the Shandoon division, there's a lot of girls out there today. One or two of them were dropped off the panel, I wouldn't have agreed with, with the Cock panel. And one or two of them, I think, have stood up now and put their name forward for Cock going forward, whoever that manager may be. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. The Echoes, Linda Mellerick was on the sideline reporting at last weekend's SE Systems Cork Senior Camogie Decider and gave her expert analysis on a cracking final to the Big Red Bench. Now we're joined on the Big Red Bench by the Echo columnist Linda Mellerick who has covered extensively throughout the season the Cork Senior Camogie Championship and a lot of other things too but specifically the Cork Senior Camogie Championship which was won by Shandoon last weekend when they beat Inascara in a very good and a very high quality final a real tough game Linda thank you once again for joining us on the Big Red Bench you're welcome Joe you were there along the sidelines you were watching very closely very keenly um, Shandoon won and I think Shandoon deserved to win uh, would you agree with that and how impressed were you with their performance um, yeah I think they absolutely deserve to win it uh, you know um, to quote Brian Cody the best team always win you know <laughs> so um, yeah look I thought it was like yourself I thought it was a very good game I thought it was enthralling from the start you know where they they, they raced into a 162 point lead with that strong wind mm. and Shandu never or Inescara never recovered from it um, they started, you know, they looked very classy in the opening 15 minutes, just as they did in the semi-final, actually, mm. as well. And the great spread of scorers, you know, their decision-making was good. And they could have had more on the board, you know. Um, when I say decision-making was very good, it was. But there were times, you know, the, the, it, um, the pass should have gone outside, they didn't. And But other than that, you know, overall, it was a very impressive opening quarter. It took in a a little bit of time to get to grips with the wind. Again, that they were against and the general run of play and I suppose if you look at it they won the second quarter three points to two mm. but out the field the game was and the game had become far more balanced both sides were you know far more evenly matched now um, and then it came to half time um, and it, it, the second half then I thought in the Scarra dominated the third quarter completely not only on the scoreboard with five points to one but in general play I thought that uh, Shandun were, were tiring around the middle of the field. Kate O'Mani was causing a lot of problems. Um, you know, her engine again, driving forward. It looked at times as if Inascara had an extra player and um, Shandun were, were kind of a, a little bit of sixes and sevens at that point. Um, but I thought at that point, um, Shandun's defence were very impressive and their, 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 their half-back line was very impressive because um, Inascara were, were running at them in droves at that point um, I, you know Niamh O'Leary sent a backup player of the match and Carl Ryan was also did brilliantly I thought Courtney O'Keefe in the corner had a fine game and when you look at it you're really in a Scarab scored 11 goals coming into this final mm. they, they goal in every game so holding the Scarab goal is the huge game champions win to give her her credit Amy Lee brought off a couple of nice saves and you know and she's very strong she can certainly drive a, a, a long puck out so Shandun's forwards during that third quarter were seeing very little of the ball at that stage and really Shandun or Inescara really at that point were dominating and you know if you were from Shandun you'd be getting really worried and then the goal changed the whole thing you know against the run of play really um, a couple of attacks and on the second attack 
Amy O'Connor with probably only her second touch of the ball in the second half, gold, and 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 that sealed it for Shandoon really. And not only the fact that it gave them the a five point lead with twelve minutes remaining, it swung the outfield battle again because Lauren Homan pointed straight after that goal. And then Inescara only managed a further point in the final 12 minutes, whereas they had scored five in the previous 16. But in those 12 minutes towards the end there, they only got one more point. So the goal psychologically had a massive effect on the game, as well as, of course, it pushing Shandun um, up two point or five points at that point. So, um, uh, yeah, and um, I think... Then, of course, we had the massive exciting finish. I don't know what the first penalty was or for, or for Shandun was. I, now, I'm only assuming it was from for, for bad-mouthing or something um, because there seemed to be a free given in and then all of a sudden it looked as if something was said and then the ref kind of pointed to the penalty spot. And, you know, had that gone in, I think this game could have had a, a different outcome. Um, there was five points in it. Um, that would have brought it down to two and then Scar would have dug their heels in. They, um, they hit the, uh, Amy Lee then of course as we know went up to take a penalty on the other side now I can't for the life of me understand when it, when Shandun were five points up it was about two minutes of normal time left brought a goalkeeper up to take uh, a penalty instead of tapping the ball over the bar mm. and and and, and Scar would have had to score at least two goals to draw a level Um uh, so the penalty was saved, and and then Inescar tapped on another another two points, and it was down to, to back down to three. And I feel sorry for Inescar too. I mean, no matter what they've won, you know, yeah. three gold or sorry, three um to lose three county finals in a row is very very hard. So I feel sorry for them in that regard. But you could, there's no denying the the euphoria that Shandun have felt with this win. Hmm. How important is it for Shandoon and the clubs in Shandoon, though, Linda? I mean, obviously everyone gets a boost, but will it boost the clubs as well? I think it will, you know. I mean, I was up, I popped up to Vincent's uh, only for half an hour there on Sunday night and uh, the place was just rocking and their, you know, their, their younger players were there, their club mates were there. I know there's an awful lot of the Brian Dillon's players um, and mentors, you know, they went out to watch the match. You know, I think it gives junior clubs and intermediate clubs, you know, a sense that they can reach the top mm. um, and you know what I liked about this Shandoon team it wasn't as if it was the top four or four intermediate teams in the county made up the Shandoon team you know there was yes Blackrock would probably be the strongest intermediate club there you know in this moment in time you know Brian Dillon's are, are further down uh, you know Napierschig's probably the same and you know for Bishopstown you know it's fantastic to see those players on it and then um and then, of course, you have Vincent's, you know, uh, at junior A. So I thought it was a lovely spread, a lovely spread of, of you know, of clubs that gelled together well and, and, and won a great championship. And, and really, you know, I don't think any of them expected to feel the emotion they felt when they won. You know, I, I think some of them are still pinching themselves that they've won a senior county championship title. And I really, you know, and it's fantastic for them. And just finally, I mean, with that setup and that amount of players, I mean, are they a serious threat, Shandun, again next year if they're the same panel? I think they absolutely are now because of the bond that they have now created. Um, I don't think it'll be a hit and miss next year. Typically it is. You don't know what you have. But I think you now know what you have for next year. This team, you know, will probably be very determined now to win back-to-back. And so for that reason, I think they'll be a serious threat again next year. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie.
Cork's Red FM. Cork City and Republic of Ireland Under-17 International Heidi Mackin played a pivotal role in our country's recent UEFA European Championship qualifier triple header in Norway. Mackin, along with fellow Corkonians Maeve Russell and Ellie O'Brien, helped Ireland win all three qualifiers and spoke to us on the Big Red Bench about her experiences. Now, we're joined here on the Big Red Bench by Cork City Under-17 and Republic of Ireland International Under-17, Heidi Mackin. Heidi, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's very good of you to join us. It's been a hectic period for you because you're just back from Norway where you played three games, one after the other, with the Republic of Ireland under-17s. Um, you played Hungary, you played Bulgaria, and you played Norway, and you won all three games. Congratulations, first of all, on that. What was the trip like, uh, just the flight going over and just being part of that? Um, I was only called in, I'd say, two days before I went to the Portugal camp. Then I was part of the squad, I'd say, about three weeks before like, going to Norway. That's not a lot of time, um, you know, to get settled in, but did the fact that you didn't have much time to think about going out to Portugal, did that help you? Oh yeah, definitely, and all the girls were very welcoming and they made it very easy to settle in there. Who did you play out in Portugal? Uh, just Portugal, a double header. Now, I know you lost one of them 3-1, but what happened in the other one? Uh, we won one then. And you're being very modest, who scored the winner? <laughs> yeah. Was it you scored the winner, wasn't it? Well, congratulations on that. Can I just ask, you play under-17 for Cork City. What, like, the step up to international, how intense are the training sessions and, and how enjoyable are they? Yeah, uh, the first session, I was bottling it. Like, <laughs> I knew the standard would be very high. But there's a few kind of playing senior and stuff, but then once I settled in, it was fine. But there definitely is a big gap in between. How helpful have the management team, the Irish management team, been to you? and have they been pinpointing things that can help you in the future? Yeah, definitely. Like, they're very, um, oh yeah, they give very good feedback. So you've, did did you, was the Portugal trip so very helpful to you ahead of going to Norway? Yeah, definitely. It helped me settle in going to Norway. It was like um, practice before. Yeah. No, playing an international for Ireland is a big deal, but playing three in such a, a short period of time, and, and you know, you're, you're playing decent teams in Hungary and Bulgaria and certainly Norway, like, was that intense or was it helpful to have one game coming after the other? Um, it was definitely intense, but the physio was great. Like, we went into a lake at one stage to recover our legs. Like, but I got loads of game time, so definitely by the end I was a bit <laughs> Can we go back to that lake thing? You went into a lake, I mean, as part of your recovery, but we're talking about Norway. I'm assuming that wasn't very warm. Oh, no, it wasn't, but it was very nice. <laughs> What was the daily routine, Chelsea, when we were, or sorry, uh, Heidi, what was the daily routine when you were with the Irish team in between the matches? Uh, we had loads of meetings and foosball matches in between all training. So it was fairly intense from the very first moment, yeah? Yeah. Um, your manager, James Scott, um, how helpful has he been to you? Oh, uh, massive help. Like, he's very honest in his feedback, which helps a lot. You play in the back line, so who are the players that have been helping you settle in? Um, Eve Dawson and Eva Fleming are other centre-backs and I've only been playing centre-back I'd say about six weeks now so they definitely helped a lot like just watching them even And what have they done for you during the games? Like, Do, you, do they talk a lot to you? Do they tell you where to go? Yeah, there's loads of communication but even watching them like the first match 
I was wasn't sailing, so even just watching them helped a lot, like just how they moved and communicated. It's not easy playing at this level, Heidi. I mean, uh, you know, it's under 17 international. All the teams you're playing are looking to qualify and move on and move up the rankings, um, especially for the European Championships, which are in Bosnia-Herzegovina next year. So, like, the intensity and the training and all the preparation that you've done, how do you feel now when you look back on it? Uh, yeah, it's very high, like, and coming back to the the intensity is very high as well, but we just need to keep the standard high for when we're going away again. I think it's February. Yeah, that's right. It's next year again when the next next stage of the championship qualifiers yeah. come about. Um, playing for Cork City, I mean, that must be a lovely honour for somebody that's from Cork and wanting to do well with Cork City. Yeah, definitely. What has been, how long have you been playing um, in the City Academy before breaking into the 17s? Um, I think I was there only a year before. And then I just, I wasn't on the training squad. I just came straight into the um, proper team. What's that in like the League of Ireland? Um, the Women's League of Ireland is quite intense. Like the teams at the top, uh, all the way through it. But at under seventeen level, there's a lot of talent there as well. I'd imagine. Yeah, definitely. Shamrock Rovers would be a good side, and next week we're playing um, Galway, so they'll be tough as well because they've two on the seventeen squad as well. Um, Heidi, you've come a long way in a short period of time. I mean, from Cork straight into Cork City, straight into the under seventeen setup. So you haven't had really had much time to think about things. Maybe that's not a bad thing. But yeah. for any young girl out there, why would you want to play for Cork City first of all, underage, and why is the sport of soccer for women such a great sport to get involved in? Uh, Cork City, like it's great honour, especially coming from Kerrigline. Like it's a big gap from League of Ireland to schoolgirls, and it helps a lot then to progress on into international and from an Irish point of view it must be a lovely moment to pull on that Irish jersey any time you get the chance but like what are the things and the kind of sacrifices that you have to make if you're a girl and you want to play for Ireland to get there um, I sacrifice playing football like, mm. like that's kind of taking a back seat but it's worth it and just finally from your own point of view we're obviously going to be keeping track of you there's a couple of other girls from Cork that were on that squad with you in the Irish team who were they and how did they help you Russell, they were on the squad a bit before I came into it, so they definitely helped me settle in. They weren't pushing you around or anything or ordering you around the place as the newbie, no? No. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Heidi, it's been uh, lovely talking to you here on the Big Red Bench. We wish you every success with Cork City and especially with the Republic of Ireland. We'll touch base with you again in the new year and good luck with your future career. Thanks a million. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Dolphin Rugby Club has grown its registrations from zero to 90 new female members and five new teams in less than six months. I caught up with Dolphin Rugby Club Women's Senior Manager, Sir Cahili, to find out why women's rugby has become so popular at the famous Cork Rugby Club. On the big red bench now, we are joined by Dolphin Women's Rugby Club's Women's Senior Manager, and that's Sir Cahili. Sir, thank you for joining the big red bench. It's great to talk to you, Ger. And it's lovely to talk to you. Now, we're talking about a club here and Dolphin Women's Rugby Club in Cork. Um, when did women's rugby get up and going first? So we had our first feet on the pitch back in April when we brought our age grade um, back post-COVID um, and we got up and going fairly quickly, although, of course, with COVID is kind of difficult. And then we had, in the middle of May, when adults were allowed return, um, we started driving recruitment for the women hard. We'd started with about five women and now we're up to about 27 women and around 60 uh, age grade girls 
girls between the ages of about 10 and about 18. That's a, that's quite a jump from starting off from uh, small beginnings to, to quite a large number. How have you catered for that and who's helped you uh, get to that number and sustain it? So first and foremost, we have a really strong community of volunteers, coaches and parents and managers. As you, as you imagine, there's a, there's a lot to do between paperwork and fixtures and as well as the coaches on the ground. And um, so we've got a good number of coaches and managers across the age grade. And um, then there's myself who manages the women's team and the Dolphin family have been fantastic in some of the existing men's teams have supplied coaches to help the women get up and running. Um, and Brian Scott and the physio and the strength and conditioning have been all fantastic. Um, Munster, Munster women's rugby play a big part in you know promoting rugby throughout the not just in Cork but throughout obviously the entire province. Um, how confident are you that like the numbers that you've got are very very encouraging, but maintaining those numbers you're going to require a lot of coaches being trained up. You're going to require a lot of administration work, but it sounds like you've got a good team there already. Yeah, and you know, sustainability is very important to us and um, you know, the long term health of the organization. So recruitment of volunteers and coaches and managers is just as important for the future um, as it is to be recruiting players. We also encourage the women themselves to spend time with the age grade and um, Three of our women were helping out, for example, at the age grade games um, over the weekend, um, and a lot of them are training up as coaches and referees. So very much sustainability um, is very important. We do get a lot of support from the Munster Women's Committee, uh, Wendy Keenan, Grawny O'Connell, Kate McCarthy. They're fantastic volunteers who, you know, for the love of the game, are there at the end of the phone. And uh, Grawny has been a great support to me. I've moved from age grade to women's rugby um, and she's helping me get all the contacts I need and everything. So that's fantastic. Uh, we also then have Sana Govender, who's our community rugby officer. And Sana will be helping us by going into local schools, working with the children in the schools, and then providing our contact details and encouraging children to join our club or other clubs such as um, around the city area. So uh, San is always available um, for any uh, teachers out there who are looking to introduce their, their girls to rugby. Yeah, it sounds not just from Dolphin's point of view, Circa, but a lot of clubs now around the Cork area are gearing up and are having to, there seems to be an influx of younger and younger girls who want to try out rugby. So from Dolphin's point of view, why would you encourage your parents to come to Dolphin if they've got a young girl who may not have played rugby before, but's interested in taking part? So we have a, a full pathway from, you know, under 12, which is mini rugby, right up to women's rugby. Um, fun, inclusivity, excellence. We've got very good quality coaches. We've got a really great culture. And um, the club itself is 150% behind us. They're committed to funding the project. Their sponsors are committed to the project. Um, it's a just fantastic place to be. Um, we're on site in Musgrave Park and the atmosphere is really, really good. But more than anything, you can see the children are really, really happy. They're having a blast. They're out in the fresh air um, and they're well looked after. Well, that sounds fantastic, Sarka. So what are your immediate hopes and goals, not just for the underage section in Dolphin Women's Rugby, but the senior side as well? So the women are 
in Division 2 development at the moment. Um, we fielded every single match um, already, um, which is really exciting. It's better than we could have hoped for this season to be in the league and be competing. Uh, I suppose our next step is, um, you know, we hope after Christmas to uh, to start winning a few matches. Um, so definitely it's better than we could have hoped for already. And literally hoping to put success on the pitch at this point. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. It is a bumper weekend of Cork LGFA County Championship action highlighted by two senior semi-finals between A-Rogue and Bright Rovers plus Mornabi versus Kinsale. I got the pre-match thoughts of Mornabi captain Breed O'Sullivan but first, here's Bright Rovers captain Elnor Ahern. Now on the Big Red Bench we're joined by Bright Rovers captain Elnor Ahern ahead of this weekend's Cork LGFA Senior Football Championship semi-finals. Elnor, you're very welcome to the Big Red Bench bench thanks sir um the, we're down to the final four in what has been a very very competitive championship bright rovers have reached the semi-finals by virtue of a very very good run of form in the group stage uh where he he had a look at he played more nabby and came up short just came up short he won two games and drew another one so your your form coming into it Eleanor, is quite good but this is going to be a huge test away to aerog at the weekend yeah, um, yeah, I know we're absolutely delighted. Um, first time reaching a senior A semi final for the club, so um, a few good hard matches under our belt, um, big challenges, but absolutely great to be after qualifying for the for the semi final. Um, and yeah, a huge challenge ahead of us Sunday, but we're we're looking forward to it. Yeah, this is the thing. Yourselves and Kinsale are heading into these semi-finals. Obviously, Aeroke topped the group. Morn Abbey topped their group, so they're at home. They're the favourites. But being the underdogs isn't the worst thing in the world in a semi-final. No, not at all. Um, we played Aeroke in quarter-final a few years ago, and look, they were just absolutely brilliant that day. So we're well aware there's a big challenge ahead of us. They've only gotten better since, uh, very fast um, clever team with great forwards so yeah it's going to be a huge challenge um, away from home as well um, but look it's a, a county semi-final and, and we're looking forward to it Eleanor you've proven in your group games though that you can mix it with the best I mean you lost but only 2-7 to 1-4 to Morn Abbey um, I mean that sounds like it was a very very tight game and then you drew with Introvers a big 3-7 to 3-7 draw two tight matches there but it just proves that you can hang with the best of them Yeah, that's the thing. This is a team that is evolving slowly but surely. There's quite a lot of experience still on your panel, but it's the younger players that have been coming through in recent times. I mean, you're transitioning, uh, you know, in, at a senior level and reaching a senior A semi-final would be very important for those younger players. Yeah, absolutely. It's all look at all learning. Um, we do have an awful lot of young players coming up, which is absolutely brilliant. And they're after really getting stuck into training, and there's a great bond there now. Um, so yeah. The, the future hopefully looks good and that this is a great stepping stone and that we can learn a lot from it and 
hopefully um, keep driving on and upping the standard over the next few years How important was it for the club to see the likes of Katie Quirk emerging onto the senior panel I know she's just one player in a team with Bright Rovers but her performances for Cork this year just shows that it doesn't matter where you're from that if you're talented enough um, you can make the inter-county scene and a Bright Rovers player is no different Absolutely yeah Um, Katie's extremely inspiring um, unbelievable forward and a really hard worker as well and um, Sarah as well is the sub goalie as well so um, for Cork at the moment so two absolutely brilliant players and look they they kind of give great um, inspiration to all the younger players and also to us older players um, to play alongside her It's, it's just brilliant yeah she's great how much does this mean to you, Eleanor, to be in a senior A semi-final? Because, you know, Bright are one of the teams that are always there or thereabouts on the football side of things. But this is a step forward and a step up. But from your own from your own personal point of view, how, I mean, it's ob- obviously you want to win the game if you can't do it all. But getting to a senior A semi-final shows the progression that the team is making. But a nice moment for yourself as captain. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, since we won kind of senior B there a few years ago, we have been trying to try and advance into the scenery a little bit further it's our first time getting to a semi um, so yeah it's absolutely brilliant um, it's going to be a big challenge but we're looking forward to it um, yeah no it's absolutely brilliant and just finally Ed Burke is your manager and the management team that's there this year how important have they been to you and how they're obviously working very well with a good group of players to get you to a semi-final yeah no it's been a real um, breath of fresh air this year Um training has been great and we're us, we're just enjoying it to be honest and that's a good thing everyone is like looking forward to going to training so um, that's all credit to Aid and the, the management and um, it's just easier to go training when you're enjoying it so no no, it's all looking good for the future anyway and um, looking forward to Sunday now and having a crack at it We are joined now on the Big Red Bench by Mornabi Captain Breed O'Sullivan uh, looking ahead to this weekend's Senior County Semi-Final with Kinsale Breed welcome back to the Big Red Bench uh, very good of you to speak to us. Um, obviously, there's a huge amount of games this weekend in the Cork LGFA Championships, but at the top, the two headline acts are the senior semi-finals between yourselves and Kinsale, obviously, and Air Og, um in the other semi-final. But your your focus and your only focus is on Kinsale. You are expecting a tough match against a very talented team. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we know the players that Kinsale have. Um, you know, we played with um, Orla Finn and Sive and Quivo Callan, you know, throughout the last year, few years of Cork, and I can say I've lost the experience of reaching junior and intermediate Ireland finals over the last few years. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to the match, but um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough one. Yes, and obviously uh, Orla Finn, uh, Quivo Callan, Sive O'Leary would be the, the names that a lot of people would recognise, but their team effort in seeing off St. Val's in the previous game, their championship game, to reach a, se- a senior semi-final for the first time, this is a very solid unit and a team that you're going to have to match physically and also match in terms of scoring. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've had our battles with Val's over the years and like they're an excellent side, so for Kinsale to get one over against them and like, you know, they also came up against tough battles with um, with Eirog in that group and kind of here to a great side as well. So, you know, I think those matches will definitely stand for them um, coming into Sunday. But, you know, we've had a few, ma- few good matches ourselves over the um, last few weeks. So, you know, um, hopefully they'll stand up as well. 
Yeah, how are Monarby going over the last few weeks? Obviously, you've been winning games, but there are people like Kiro Sullivan and a few others coming back from long-term injuries. Um, you seem to have been integrating players at the right time and the results have followed. Yeah, we definitely had, you know, um, a few injuries. You know, Kira had the unfortunate injury in the um, All-Ireland final against Meade. Um, and, you know, she's just kind of coming back from that now at the right time for us, I suppose, because she was a massive loss for us over the last few weeks. So um, it is great to have her back. But at the same time, as you said, yeah, you know, um, we have some great underage players who have experience of playing with Cork at underage level, and it was great to give them the experience of playing um, senior club because it is a massive step up from underage to senior. And, you know, the group games, was a great opportunity for them to get involved and, you know, to get up to the pace of playing senior football. Indeed, and you're right to mention that because you've come through your group stage top of the table and unbeaten, but now we're down to the final four. Air Oak, Bright Rovers, yourselves and Kinsale, the four, probably the four strongest teams in the championship this year are in the semi-finals. But from your own point of view, Breed, obviously you want to win and obviously you want to win out the championship, but you also want more Abbey kind of need to hit a level of consistency that we normally expect from them when it gets to the knockout and that's what you'll be aiming for this weekend. Yeah, definitely, you know, um, I think, you know, Shane, Ronan, our manager, has certain expectations for us, and I think over the years we've built up certain expectations for ourselves, and I think we've managed to show that for periods of time in the matches that we've played over the last few weeks, but I think that we have found it difficult to, you know, um, get that consistency over a long period of time for a half or even for a full game, and... I suppose, you know, different players coming in out of the team probably has an effect on that, and... Um, you know, some of our players have been on the road for a long time this year between playing with Cork and playing with clubs, but they maybe haven't finished out games either. So it is um, difficult in those circumstances to build consistency. But, um, you know, we have been working hard at training over the last few weeks, so hopefully everything will come together for us on Sunday. And from your own point of view, Breed, as captain, obviously this is where Mornabi want to be at the business end of the championship each and every year. Are you enjoying your football? Are you looking forward to the next couple of weeks? If Presuming, obviously, that things go beyond this weekend. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, the, you know, the year ended for us very abruptly last year. Um, we thought that we were going into playing the Munster Championship, which ended up not being the case. And there was massive uncertainty around the, you know, whole championship this year as well. So I think we're happy to just still be involved and um, to be back playing football um, after what's been, you know, a tough 18 months or so for all clubs and all players. Very true and very well said. And just finally, before I let you go, um, a real boost for Morn Abbey this past weekend with your under-16 team defeating a really talented Glanmire going for four in a row to win the county under-16A Championship football championship. That's a fantastic boost for Mornabi and proof that things are things are going well for you at underage level. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was excellent, and um, Mornabi would have had a lot of success at underage. Um, you know, maybe uh, five or six years ago, but definitely it's probably our first big underage trophy in in a number of years. And massive credit is due to everyone who's involved in the club at underage level. Um, and I won't mention all of them now because I'll be I'll keep you too long. But you know, there's massive work going in in Moran Abbey at underage level, and there has been you know since the since since the club um, started. But massive credit is due to them, and massive credit is due to the players as well. 
you know, there's five or six girls there on the 16 team that are involved with us as senior. And I think that you could that they really stood out the last day as being leader for under 16. And, you know, being involved with the senior team has really stood to them um, when they've gone back into the under 16 panel. So, um, yeah, it was a great boost for the club and just so delighted for the girls and the management um, that they managed to get over the line. So, yeah, it was brilliant. Indeed, great boost for the club. And listen, Breed, we wish you all the best this weekend in the county senior semi final against Kinsale. And hopefully, who knows, we may well be talking to you in a couple of weeks' time. Hopefully, thanks That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan, and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7 pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels, as well as visiting our official website, redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.